fuck, this is dangerous shit. But again, yeah. I, can, I can have a lot of compassion for that because there's some hurt little boys running these guys' lives and, and it's just, you know, covered in justifications that is a, a cling to a sense of power because of a lack of power within. Welcome back to another episode of Hello and Goodbye. I'm Leanna. And I'm Jared. And we have an amazing episode for you guys today. We have a guest, Mike Campbell, who is a man coach. And we just had a really great conversation with him. Yeah, a lot about, I mean, we've been talking a lot about men and patients with them. Uh, And so it was really cool to hear his story and also talk about like, the nice guy sort of trap and then when it goes too far the other way into that just like hyper masculine sort of like ugly thing that happens too so it's a yeah. cool conversation yeah it's a really cool conversation um so we can't wait for you guys to tune in and then we want to talk about a couple things here so we want to talk about our sponsors so starting with better help better help is customized online therapy yeah for video phone live chat sessions. It is more affordable than in-person therapy. And it could, it's like, we're such advocates for therapy, 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 get it wherever you can. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. And if you want 10% off of your first month with BetterHelp, you're going to go to betterhelp.com slash hello, goodbye, B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash hello, goodbye. And you can get 10% off and then VFresh is our women empowered sponsor, empowering women everywhere to take back their vaginal health. They have boric acid suppositories for infections, UTI prevention supplements. Um, they have new, they have like a V smooth with, which helps with ingrown hairs and probiotics, which I love as well. So if you want 10% off your first order with VFresh, you're going to go vfresh.com. V is V-E-E, fresh.com, and use code HELLO2022. This is a one-time code, so I recommend literally buying in bulk. <laughs> Stock up. Yeah, in this V-Babes Facebook group I'm in, like these girls are posting photos of them. They've purchased like 16 bottles of the V-Gentle Wash, which I still use on my face, which I swear helps with my hormone acne. That's amazing. Yeah. So anyway, fevrash.com, use Hello2022 for 10% off your first order. Okay. So the other thing is we have not talked about merch in a while and our merch is so fucking cute, you guys. It is so cute. So if you want merch that has a little cute little popsicle with like some of it's melting off, it's pink and blue, not necessarily gender norms. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and, but we have like sweatshirts and stickers and hats and t-shirts and mugs, and you can find it all at hello and goodbyepodcast.com slash shop. Um, also, if you become a Patreone, then you mm-hmm. automatically get 15% off any merch and becoming a Patreone is like three bucks a month. That's true. If you're like doing a big merch order, it, it pays for itself. Exactly. So <laughs> patreon.com slash hello and goodbye podcast. And then um, you guys, 
rating and reviewing is so important for podcasts to help us grow, to help our podcast be seen. So there's a couple ways you can do that. You can go to Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star rating, maybe leave a review, tell me why you like me more than Jared. (laughs) Um, And then you can rate on Spotify now too. So head that way, give us some five stars and um, we really appreciate it. Yeah. Okay. So by the way, the audio on this whole episode is going to be a little sketch because when we record with Mike, he's in Australia. So that was rough. And then you and I, you're in Vegas right now because... Because I'm traveling home to see some friends. I'm also going to surprise my mom on Mother's Day, which will be kind of cute. Yes. So yeah, taking a quick trip home. So that'll be nice. Um, But by the way, isn't Mike in New Zealand? Didn't we figure that out? No, he's from New Zealand. He lives in Australia. That's right. Okay. Yeah. That's so funny. Um, Okay. So yeah. So tell me more about your trip. Or like, what's actually, like, what's been, what has been happening, like, before this? I was going to say, like, not much to tell about my trip. Uh, Should be fun. I'll tell you about it afterwards. But, um, uh, so I've been back on the apps, and it's been, like, the typical sort of thing. I had, at one point, I had, like, video chat, like, video chat, like, dates and times planned for Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Oh now, I want you to ask me how many of those actually happened. I, I actually want you to guess. Zero. One. Oh, okay. <laughs> but zero was, zero was the better guess. Um, I don't, like, it was really interesting because I just, like, I'm not going to, like, pretend like I'm your boyfriend over text until we video chat. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Like, and, like, at one point, I think, I said to, I think like two of the people, I was like, Hey, I hope, you know, I I said, Hey, like, I don't love texting. And I I hope you're not reading that as like lack of interest. Like I'm really looking forward to talking or whatever. Mm -hmm. And one of them um, was like, absolutely like me too. And that that was the person that I actually ended up talking with. We had like a nice chat. So, um, and like might hang out. And then the other person, interestingly, well, there's, there's two funny things. One, um, the other person who it didn't end up happening with was um, someone that I think I had matched with and, and, oh, and, matched yeah. with and messaged with before. Yeah, you talked about this on last week's episode. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, it was just like, and I was like, isn't this the same exact thing that I think last time actually I let it, let it go? Um, and this time she just like dropped off. Like it was, you know, and I was just like, like that's payback, bitch. I, yeah, mate, what, did you think this whole thing was a setup? I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't like, I mean, we're petty, you know, <laughs> like, so maybe. <laughs> Who's we, you and me? Or? No, women. <laughs> I don't know. That's funny. Yeah, that was funny. Okay, let me ask you this question because this is now my first time getting back on after having deleted the account completely. Oh, okay. And I know you've done that a bunch. Yeah. Have you ever like seen a profile and you're like, did I match with this person? Did I meet this person? And like, you just aren't sure. Yes. Have you ever like sent someone a message and they've been like, Hey, we actually matched before and you like broke it off. No. 
Okay, because that, that also you? that happened to me. Where you messaged them and then they responded? Oh no. I I actually think I played it off okay. Cause like she was wearing this like the future is female shirt in one of her pictures. And I was like, God, I'm like, we might have matched and messaged, but maybe we didn't. Or I don't know. It's so fucking confusing, you know? Yeah. And so I was just like, hey, I have a shirt that says the future is I like sent some like sort of goofy whatever. And she was like, hey, Jared, we actually matched and met up for a drink. And you said you weren't feeling a connection. Or, you know, she was like, hey, we actually matched before. I could not. I could not. And we met up for a drink and you said you weren't feeling a connection. And then I. um, And then she was like, she was like, do you remember? And I was like, and I wrote back, like, kind of like right away. I was like, I definitely remember. I was like, sorry, I just got excited. I was like, my bad for not clarifying that I was just like saying hello or something like that. And she was like, oh, I hope you're well, like, blah, blah. And I was like, you too, like, da, da, da. And then but that that's like, not, that's not what happened. You were saving face? Yeah, yeah. That was a complete lie. I was saving face. I, mean, I, I feel like I was trying to, like, make it less awkward for both of us. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that is so funny. But you know what's even funnier? Is I feel I mean, like also, but like also that was like three years ago. You know what I'm saying? Or two years ago or something. Like it was like probably pre-COVID that that happened. That well, we had see, like met. Uh, yeah, I were I slightly remember you talking about someone that you matched with that had a female is or future is female shirt on. I don't know if I remember that. Okay. I don't know. Okay. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm I thinking, know. maybe, maybe you were just excited when you got the shirt. I don't know. But if, if you are a, a diehard listener and you remember at any point on the show, <laughs> of Jared talking about going on a date with someone who had a futures female shirt, please DM us. Uh. Anyway, so that's going about as I expect, you know, and this is the thing, like, I'm kind of like, I'm right on the line right now of like, I'm like, okay, like, it's actually fine to be engaged in this in whatever way I want to be and not any more than I want to be or, Mm -hmm. you know, sure. And so, like, and so in some ways, like, that's fine. Yeah. And in other ways, I'm like, yeah, but maybe like, I like, it's 50 50 of like it's it's a 50 50 shot that like next week i'm going to be like yeah i, I kind of shut it all down so <laughs> i don't know we'll see well yeah we'll see well you might see that person so we'll need an update on that that's true that's true okay yeah well i i'm about there with you i mean i've still been dabbling on the apps i uh up i re-downloaded hinge so i'm back on hinge now i've you know matched with a few people um i keep on like i don't know i i think i can only match with people that's it says liberal on their profile because if it doesn't say anything it more often than not is like apolitical or republican yeah and you know and it's like you know do you but like again we've talked about this like i can't i just can't be in a fully committed relationship with someone that doesn't share those same values as me which then leads me to, you know, last week we had talked about how I had had that conversation with that guy that I was casually seeing. And he said the things that I was like, I need to like 
pull back. Like you're not basically, I felt like he was starting to have some avoidant attachment and anyway, so I pulled back and then we ended up seeing each other. Like he just, he kept texting me like randomly and was like flirting a little bit. And then like, he came up, here's the problem is we see each other at pool two times a week. Mm -hmm. So he kind of, he kept coming, he would like come over and he's like, start talking to me. And so what happened is then when we left, I just called him. I was like, can you talk for a second? I was like, I'm just kind of confused because we had this conversation and now you're sending me these flirty texts and like, like, I don't really understand what's happening. And yada 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 we slept together one more time <laughs> you fell for it he got you i mean because 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 when you're like i don't really understand you do understand he wants to keep sleeping with you but i really don't i really 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 don't think that's his only motive like i don't think he's like that like i actually think he does like me i think he does have feelings for me but he knows that he, he doesn't want to be with me and there's attraction there the sex is really great we had like public sex again it was like one of the best that i've had like it was really really great and then what happened is then the day after i went through my withdrawal of like mm. intimacy closeness and needing reassurance and he didn't even text me when he got home like there was like we had that moment and then i didn't even hear from him and so the next morning i just sent him a text i said hey um you know if we continue to do this like i'm gonna need you to send me a text like afterward, just like something like good night or that was really fun or something. I said, um, you know, I would really appreciate that because it honestly is just like the considerate thing to do. And he he was like, I'm so sorry. You're totally right. Blah, 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 blah. And then as the day went on, like we talked a little bit back and forth and I just realized like, what am I doing? You know, like, what am I doing? I'm, I'm feel I'm feeling the withdrawal. I'm feeling the anxiousness. I know this isn't going anywhere. He's not going to change. He clearly is not putting the investment in that I want, but also like, I don't want it from him, but it's like, I was talking to like Allison. It's like, it's this weird thing of like, I know I don't want to be with him, but I want him to want to be with me. But if he were to mm -hmm. want, to, if he were to want to be with me though, then I, I'd be like, what are you doing? But then me continuing to talk with him about the anxiousness, about kind of that push and pull keeps me in my pattern, which is where I feel comfortable. I feel like that's familiar. And if I stay in my pattern, then there's like a chance that I feel that like rush of intimacy and then it all implodes. And then I want it to happen all over again. And it's like all things that I'm like not consciously doing, but mm. that subconscious, like little girl, Leanna, like is like, just wants someone to love her like so much and not abandon her, even though like, I don't necessarily want them. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's so awesome that you have the self-awareness of it. And, like, having people to, like, talk it out with, I think, mm -hmm. really helps. Yeah. You know? Um, and then, you know, I guess the question, you know, uh, is how do you, like, meet that need for yourself or, like, soothe that or become that parent to the inner yeah. child part? Like, that's the hard part. Well, and that's the frustrating part is, like, so quick, like just encapsulating all of that is I did send him a text. I said, this isn't working. We need to stop this. And he's like, I agree. I'm feeling frustrated too. And we ended amicably, amicably, we're still friends and it's just going to be hard because I'm still going to see him at pool. And like that chemistry is so strong, but, um, 
But yeah, so I think the frustrating part, and I think maybe you can relate to this too, is I feel the most secure and like my inner child is like, I can hold my inner child and I feel confident when I'm not seeing anyone. (laughs) Mm, Yeah. You know, like, which then just makes me want to be single, you know, because like, I hate, I hated that I got back to that point where I felt very like helpless and out of control. And like, I was needing something that ultimately like I didn't want, but I needed it to like feel this like healing that wasn't going to happen from the situation. And I hate that. So it's like, it makes me like not want to date or be in a relationship because really the fear is meeting someone like this, but someone that I actually can see a future with falling in love like what happened with my ex-boyfriend and then them then developing their and avoidant attachment because I'm needy or I get anxious or whatever. And then abandoning me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so then be single for a while. Oh, you know I know. What I'm like, it's not, but th- I mean, th- Jared, that, that isn't, Jared, I've what? been single for a long time. I mean, the so thing is, don't. like, I, so I don't, date. I know, but what I'm saying is, like, I'm not, I'm not anti-dating. I'm not anti-being single. I'm actually, like, really happy being single. But I also think, like, I do want to be in a relationship, but I'm not, I'm not going to settle, right? But I think you can still be scared about something and still try it. And so I think yeah. I'm just like, I'm just voicing what my fear is and kind of what this situation brought up for me. Not that necessarily that I need to like take myself off the market because the truth is, is I feel like people who take themselves off the market, like really only take themselves off the market for the wrong people. I don't know. Yeah. That's like, that's my opinion. When people says when they say like, they're not available or they don't know what they're looking for, or they're just wanting something casual, that's all like that's all conditional off of like who you meet. Yeah. You're a hundred percent right. That's like, if, if that, whoever says like, I'm totally off the market. If they walked to, into a party that one of their friends was throwing and saw someone they were super attracted to and clicked with, like they would be back on the market immediately. 100. 100. Yeah. 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 So no, anyway, it's true. And I mean, and the reason, you know, the only thing, the only reason I said, you know, so be, be single is, you know, it's not like kind of giving up or I'm just going to stop doing this thing. It's like, if you look at that, which like this has been my experience over the past year and change. Like if you look at that time as like, you know, like we, we talked, we've talked with a few guests now about like inner child work of like, I'm like building that connection to myself and like reintegrating these parts of myself and like feeling more whole and solid in myself, um, which then, which then makes it like less of a roller coaster when you are connecting to someone and like, it's still going to be a bumpy ride. Like there's still going to be ups and downs, but like, that's still like time well spent, you know? Right. But what I'm saying is like, I, I feel that when I'm not in a relationship, like I feel the healing, the work, the inner child, the awareness. So being single isn't the problem. It's how can I then 
transfer that into a relationship, which I don't think that just staying single until you're fully healed is the solution because that's never going to work. Yeah, no, 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 that, that, that's true. Yeah. So you're, what you're grappling with is like, how do you hold on to yes. that solidness in yourself as you're connecting right. or something? Right. Yeah. 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 That's the trick. Anyway, part. if you guys have any tips for us, we need to bring yeah. someone else on to, to, to help us. The blind leading the blind over here. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we'll give you guys updates on everything next week. Make sure to tune in. Yeah. All right. Enjoy this interview. All right. Well, I'm excited to bring on our next guest. He is a man coach with the No BS Coaching Method and host of the Everyday Legends podcast. Thank you, Mike Campbell, for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, guys. Great to be here. You definitely have the best accent of any guest we've had on the show. <laughs> I shall take that purely like just by where I was born. Yeah. So, and probably us- what I've bastardized it a little bit in the places I've lived around the world, but it probably still sounds very different to you guys. <laughs> it, it's really great. <laughs> um, Don't worry, there'll be a few words where you're kind of like, uh, what did he just say? I'll do my, I'll do my best to clarify those ones for you. <laughs> Perfect. Um, tell us about yourself. How deep you want me to go on this one? Give you the, the, the full spectrum. Yes. Let's go. Yeah, let's do it. Right. So, yeah, I mean, let's, I suppose let's go. So yes, I was born in New Zealand and then to your introduction, you know, a, a man coach. So how, how do we fill in those gaps? I, I was one of those dudes who um, was, you know, like very sporty. I spent as much time as I could outdoors as a kid playing um, with a ball or a bat or something in my hand. And I was also very, you know, like curious. I, had, I suppose I was like slightly intelligent as a kid, you know, and so where the trajectory of my life kind of went was like playing sport. Hopefully I'll do that professionally. Yeah, that's just kind of a thought in the head there. And I'll go to university. It was just kind of those two things that, that were my path but there was nothing really beyond that in terms of specifics so when I went to university I didn't even really know what what I was going to do you know I kind of did a bit of everything I think technically in my first semester I was doing a maths degree which is insane when I oh, think about wow. it mm. um, and and I did a physical education paper out of interest and and then I was like oh man the human body is super fascinating wow and it made so much sense to me because you know like i've I'd, I'd been so active my entire life everything was kind of sport in a big in a big aspect so i did a physical education degree and partied and drank a lot that was kind of university for me and so by the time i got to the end of it i still was no nowhere near clear on like what i wanted to do and you know this is back in the early 2000s and so how it kind of worked certainly in new zealand at the time was um kind of half the people who did my degree went and became a personal trainer and the other half went and did teaching. And I was like, I don't want to teach. Uh, so I suppose I'll become a, a personal trainer. That was it. And that's kind of how you became a personal trainer. Then you went to university and you did a degree. And it, it was very clear as soon as I started my own business in a gym that I've been in a textbook basically. And now I'm working with humans and this is wildly different. And mm. so I very quickly became <laughs> clear that human behavior was really my job that, that, that was kind of like if i if i want to solve these problems it doesn't matter what i give them in terms of you know the physical information and strategies we're dealing with all of their shit and and then really working on changing behavior so i did that for about 10 years and i you know i traveled lived in different places in the world and so on and you know played some sport in there and all these kind of things were going on in the background but also my kind of just gentle problem solving curiosity mind 
worked to deal with the problem that was put in front of me, mostly speaking when it was guys, um, came to me. You know, they wanted something physical, but I soon realized, you know, like there's something emotional behind this. There's a deeper driver. And so it was at that point where some stuff was going on in my life, breakups and all sorts of things, which I'm sure we can potentially uh, explore. But it's, it's when I really started to look at myself. I'd been doing a little bit of work on myself and I really basically was like, what am I doing? What do I give a shit about? What am I good at? You know, and it's, and I came very clear on this kind of realization that like, mean, physically, we're not where we want to be, but there's something beyond that. It's mentally and emotionally, we're not where we want to be. And to try and do something about it is very confusing. It's wildly confusing, certainly on a physical realm. But if there's something emotional behind it, then that's even more confusing. So I just kind of dove down the rabbit hole of like, what's going on with men that we're seem to be in this place where we're stark and lost and, you know, not really satisfied and really striving for something, but it's lacking. And, and so that kind of really opened up to like, oh shit, there's something going on here with me and masculinity. I need to explore that. And at the same time, I really uncovered that what I've been doing for 10 years is slowly evolving how I solve a problem of a person basically. And get them to a place where they're, you know, more integrated and whole and so on. So I kind of realized that I've actually shifted what I do to that on some level. So then kind of quickly, but also slowly, I, I changed, you know, fundamentally what I did was like, I'm going to work with me on this thing that I am doing. And we're really going to dive into them as a human and, and explore them. And so that was kind of the, the, the shift to becoming a man coach and then you know the evolution from that has has been uh, continual that, that's the gist all right that was awesome so you 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 cut out for us for a little bit but then oh, like when, we, when you cut back in like everything seemed like yeah there was like we just were, like a blank space and we were like oh what are we gonna miss <laughs> So, yeah, so if there's some detail you revealed that we don't remember later, it might be okay. that. That but was no, the but best it, part, guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it, it actually flowed really well. So one of the things that I'm really interested in is you you described, like, so for the personal training part, right, you had gone mm. to the university, you had this background. And so what was, I guess, I, I'm going to try to mush two questions into one. So, like, what did you learn about who to be in relationships and how to be in relationships growing up? And then kind of what do you use as your basis for like the relationship part of this and the sort of like, you know, even just mental health, being okay with yourself stuff. Like what is your like foundation for that stuff now? Yeah. I mean, I suppose, you know, coming back to, to my upbringing and, and how I look back at everything now, you know, like I, had a wonderful upbringing and, and my parents were married and together until my mother passed away, you know, not long after I got back to Sydney, back to that story around 2011. And so, you know, I had that uh, relationship modeled to me and I could only view it through the lens that I knew. And so it just seems that was the thing, which is the case for all of us. Right. And now I look back, I'm like, okay, there's some things that I could have, had I had my current intelligence and awareness and all that stuff, you know, I could have viewed some things um, differently. But I suppose one of the things that kind of came out of it simply was like this, and obviously not just in the home, but like everything around perhaps what I absorbed was this idea that like you're, you're supposed to be in a relationship. So that was the first thing, you know, so there's kind of this pressure, like you need to be like almost it's a, almost it's a measure of your success as a person if you can um, be, be, be with someone long term. Mm. Right. It didn't really necessarily speak to the quality 
per se. It's broadly speaking, not not so much to my parents. And then the other thing, very clear, especially for an adolescent male, was like not so much a relationship, but you need to be getting laid. That was it. Fundamentally, <laughs> that was it. Like, you know, one, I would say mostly because um, that like huge internal and biological and hormonal driver <laughs> within me as a 16, 17, 18 year old. And then you kind of tack onto the back of it, this giant force that is like the kudos and the 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 idea of the respect from my mates and all that kind of stuff. Yep. So in that kind of left a bit of a hole. And I think missing in that hole was like what a relationship really is and can be about. So I think that was one of the things that I kind of, yeah, maybe floundering might be a strong word, but, you know, like <laughs> certainly I would say fairly unsure about um through my you know early 20s and and even beyond that you know i was engaged in my late 20s which um didn't work out and i would think like at the time i felt very clear on that but you know again now that i look back okay it was, wasn't for the wrong reasons at all but i think i was missing some shit that was you know to be fair probably quite quite in, right in front of me <laughs> so, so yeah that would be where you go Oh, I was just going to say, like, what specifically were you missing? Well, I think what I was probably missing was some, some, like, some very important differences at our foundations, really, you know, and and who we and who we were, and what we wanted, mm. you know, things that I probably were just like eh, in my head, that's fine, uh, that'll be, that'll just come out in the wash, uh, you know, like I probably just downplayed and dismissed. That perhaps the importance of those things and you know like I, i've spoken plenty in my own work about certainly and generally speaking the, the the nice guy and that's me you know i'm a recovering nice guy and i think that was one of the things that um showed up in my relationships a little bit that there can be a lot to that but one of the ways in which that showed up for, for me was like there was a bit of self-abandoning i think and look that's that's just not a, a great foundation for any relationship and, and there was a look hey like most people, I'm very good at justifying things to myself, right? And so there was always a beautiful, cozy sounding justification around that stuff. And I think some of the some of the skin that it was wearing was this kind of like, ah, I'm 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 good and noble for being the one sacrificing, you know, kind of thing. But like mm. if I'm sacrificing some of my core, that's yeah, that's not that's not that's a flimsy foundation. So you can't really yeah. build a structure on that. And that's so difficult to tell though. Like, you know, like at what point mm. are you sort of doing the work of being in relationship, which means mm. like, you know, like putting some of, you know, your preferences, you know, or, you know, or whatever, mm. or, you know, and at what point is it more kind of being out of integrity in that way? That's a real tough line to sort of delineate, especially like you said, because so many of us, we never are consciously aware that we're doing the wrong one, right? We all yeah. justify. Oh yeah, it's challenging yeah. for sure. Yeah, and I think that was, you know, probably a reflection of many things. One being, you know, my age and just my maturity and, you know, my my level of awareness and understanding of myself. You know, there's blind spots that I either didn't know were blind spots or would happily have convinced myself that they weren't, you know. <laughs> Mm -hmm. it, you know, it's interesting. I want to talk about the nice guy a little bit more because I was married to a nice guy 
And then my recent ex-boyfriend was a nice guy. And what happened with both of those is, you know, to the world, everybody's like, oh, they're so nice. And they're just Mm. like the sweetest people. And like, you must be so lucky and they just do anything for you. But really like the relationship was so toxic because they were mad at me all the time without telling me. And so Mm. then they resented Mm. me and then would blow up at me. And like, Mm. I didn't even know that there was a problem. And Mm. when I would come forward with an issue, because I do know how to say what my needs are and like ask for that they would have a problem with that because their Mm. needs weren't met. And so then me being like, well, here are my needs. I'd be like, what the fuck? Like, how are you, how are you even going to ask for this when I do so much for you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, man, what a clusterfuck, like to be clear on it, right? Like there's so much going on in the head. You know, all the story and meaning making and, and you know, all of these kind of like transactions and, you know, I do this for you. And then there's all that resentment because you're not potentially giving me the praise and validation that I so need to feel okay and reassured within myself. You know, instantly I'm farming out my sense of security and, and you know, kind of anything to do with how secure I feel within myself and happy. And then, yeah, I am terrified of asking for my needs and, and and asking for what I want because the risk of rejection is so high. Like that is running almost my entire life. And of course, that tends to be exacerbated with those we're in the closest relationships with, right? Because it tends to be more on it, right? Rejection from the one we love the most carries the most, you know, potential to wound us, right? Um, and, and, and so then comes with that as like, but I do so much for you, even though you're maybe not asking, I'm doing it as a white knight. Mm-hmm. Right. And so there's these covert contracts in place where I'm doing all the things. And what you don't know is that you need to reciprocate that in some way. And that could be by hopefully reading my mind and meeting my needs without me having to ask, because then I don't have to risk being hurt and rejected and all that stuff. Like, oh man, how exhausting is that? And there's a lot in that. But one thing is this what a beautiful way to set you and your partner and your relationship up for failure and, and, and all sorts of, you know, mess and frustration and resentment and all that stuff. It, it's just, I have so much compassion for it, but you know, when you look at it objectively, it's like, what a mess. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of, a lot of stuff in the wake of it. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I think there's both the fear of rejection and also like, um, like shadow side stuff, like Mm. shadow work stuff of like, well, if I say what I really want and it's so like for me, like I grew up in a home with a father that was like aggressive and angry and like yelled and all kinds of stuff. And so that anger side of me is so radioactive that it's like sort of hard for me to go there. And then these other sort of traditionally Mm. masculine kind of shadow sides of like, uh, you know, like, like selfish sexual desires and stuff like mm. that. Right. And I think that's mm. another thing that gets the nice guy caught up. Like, do you, do you run into that in your work? Yeah. If I'm, if I'm, you know, trying to present a certain thing to the world that is a bit forced, cause it also lets me fear most quote nice guys, they're nice guys, you know, they're, 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 they're they have a, a kind element to them, but a lot of the driver and, and intention behind it is. So you see me as this nice, guy and so anything that i'm putting on in a mask is by default hiding something 
And and that's mm-hmm. often is the inverse is what I'm hiding, you know, down there in in the shadows, the things that I don't bring to the light, which I think is just a simple way to to you know kind of connect to the, the shadow side. And so often in there is those things that we they hold a lot of charge. We're terrified of them being seen. We can't even visit them ourselves a lot of the time. Right. We experience a lot of shame around that. We judge ourselves for them and are terrified of judgment for them. And so by default, even though we think we've got them tucked away in the in the shadows there in the closet, they are actually dictating a lot of how we show up. I mean, they are responsible for, you know, the nice guy mask and that facade because it's a, it's a counter swing to try and hide those things. And so I kind of think of it like this, you know, because th- this is the challenge for a lot of nice guys is they don't visit them that themselves. And therefore, anything I'm avoiding, I'm running from. And that plays out in many ways in my life. But if I'm running from something, by default, I'm looking over my shoulder. So whilst I might be over here running the the facade, man, that's some some terrible multitasking. That thing is where my focus is. Yeah. Even though I'm presenting this here, I always know I'm juggling these other balls in the background. And so I, I think of it like, you know, if I'm in a room and there's a dark corner, in the shadows there, there's this kind of maniacal clown and I can hear it laughing away and I'm trying to live my life. Don't focus on the clown. Don't focus on the clown. You know, just pre- present over here like everything's okay. Everything's okay. That maniacal clown, it, it's scary. It holds power until I flick the light on and I'm like, oh, it's just a dude with some fucking weird face paint on who probably is lonely and needs a bit of love and like to be seen and heard by mm-hmm. me because he's part of me. And it immediately loses some of the charge when I flick the light on and I, and I bring it into the light. But until we do, it, you know, the more we think about doing that, we build this mountain up, it becomes bigger and deeper. And, and so, you know, it, 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 man, so much to that. <laughs> I think one of the simple things is, you know, that is by default showing up for us, especially with the nice guy, because that's the counter to the things that I don't want you to see. Yeah. I just heard this quote that I loved, which is like, what we resist like persists. Mm. you know, if you're like pushing against something, you're like, no, like I don't want to, or, you know, the Mm. judging or trying to like dis disavow certain feelings or thoughts or aspects of Mm. yourself. Like they're like, they only grow stronger, right? They like, they live in that. Right. And by sort of acceptance and reintegration, it it kind of like, uh, you know, diffuses a lot of that, like, tension or something mm-hmm. for sure and, and i think another nice little one is like what we focus on expands so even though i'm i'm trying not to by default i am focusing on that mm-hmm. right and, and i'm trying to you know do a trick of illusion over here to say look at this thing over here you know look, the sleight yeah. of hand it's kind of really what it is it's like a, it's like a personality sleight of hand yeah uh, anyone loses <laughs> yeah in the in the in the analogy you used of this clown in the corner right like that clown is running your whole life when you're you're organizing everything around like Mm. how do i get people to not look at it and Mm. how do i kind of make enough noise over here so that i'm not hearing it as much and whatever it's like running it as well it's such a big part of it for sure yeah Yeah. i'm curious about like what's the inverse of this and and i'm really curious about Mm. like how you feel about like a lot of the elements of this like men's rights movement Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm where there is a lot of this sort of like misogyny and, 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 you know, and like a lot of men who are quote unquote, like recovering nice guys go to like a man has to be a man. And, and, mm. you know, I need a woman to like, sort of just, uh, you know, be docile. Yes. To be yeah. a woman. And like her role is to be more submissive and, and whatever. And it, um, yeah. And it gets like really bizarre. Like, do, do you run into that? And like, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I see a lot of really dangerous, sad, uh, you know, and like ultimately understandable, you know, but but some some really um, some really shit stuff out there. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just say that. And and look, I think it's very human nature, and and I do see it more in the masculine. Because we tend to be black or white, you know, detail, we want things to be nice and simple and clear. We can't focus on and, and see too much nuance, right? That's that's not the, the kind of the hunter's way. And so um, we we often want things to be black or white. I see this all the time in so many ways for guys, and, and it will just play out anything in this kind of like all or nothing with things, you know. And the moments I hear the word, the words all or nothing, I think, all right, <laughs> we're going to explore that, right? Because that is fucking easy, all or nothing. You know, I'm I'm 12 weeks on this exercise program, you know, or I'm not, I'm not doing anything. It's like, have some nuance. And we do that all throughout our lives. And we do it with things like that, the the, the pendulum. The, one of the big things that's just below the surface for a lot of nice guys is if I'm not doing this, then I have to be an asshole. You know, that, that, that's kind of one of the beliefs and fears. It's like, no, if, what? That's the other end of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'm so terrified of being seen as an asshole that I'm happy just to keep playing all this shit and being seen uh, as a nice guy. But unfortunately for a lot of guys, in many things, this being one of them, we, we pendulum. But the idea of a pendulum is that eventually it comes back to the center. And this does happen for a lot of guys, you know. Like I think about it as well like this. If your whole life, you, uh, you, your actions are like throwing a dart at a board but you're not really aware of it, right? And then someone brings it into your attention and you're like, oh shit, I keep, oh, this is what I'm doing. I'm throwing a dart and I keep missing to the left. And so often what I'll do is I'll overcompensate, you know, and I'll, and I'll throw to the right. The aim is to, cool, okay, now I'm starting to get the feel to then come more towards the bullseye. But when we just pendulum, we say stuck over there, which again, for so many guys is like, oh, this felt very disempowering and disconnected and i got walked on and you know liana to what you said about some of those you know experiences you've had like the resentment and all that kind of stuff but that's my resentment but i'm making it yours mm -hmm. i mean what a fucking bullshit thing to do to, to start mm -hmm. with but again mm -hmm. i can have compassion for that right there's a lot of hurt and insecurity running that entire life mm -hmm. but if i don't deal with that and i don't own it and i just keep pointing the finger at you because guess what that's easier than facing it and owning it and dealing with it myself. Then, you know, I risk being over in that camp of, for lack of a perhaps more nuanced term in this context, like woman hating, putting blame on those mm -hmm. who I think wronged me in a simple mm -hmm. sense. And then that's that I can get a sense of power. But he, here's one of the things that's very true for a lot of guys in that environment. That is false power. That is a crutch because it's the power that I think I'm getting, right, over others. Mm -hmm. It's making up for a lack of power that I have within myself. And so that's really what the pendulum has got to be about, coming back to center where I'm actually empowered here. I don't need to put that blame and grab energy, you know, and a sense of power for, from others. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's a lot of that stuff now. You know, there's all these terms. Every now, every, kind of every six months, I have to look up a new acronym that, that makes its way to me, you know, and it's like, yeah. oh, incels and all this shit. And I think... This is dangerous shit. But again, yep. I, can, I can have a lot of compassion for that because there's some hurt little boys running these guys' lives. And, it, and it's just, you know, covered in justifications that is a, a cling to a sense of power because of a lack of power within. Yeah. yeah. Mike, can I tell you? So I went through like a few months phase of like where I kept meeting these guys and we'd like hit it off. And then it comes out that they're anti feminists 
that they um, believe that the one the woman's main job is to be a childbearer. <laughs> but they were attracted to me and drawn to me. And I think it's hmm. because I'm the opposite of that. And that's really what they want. But they but they're made to believe that they want this other thing. And so they're forcing mm. that. Like one of the conversations I had with this guy, like I actually kept hanging out with like, we, nothing happened, but I like hung out with him a couple of times. Cause I just kind of wanted to get to the bottom of it. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, who was hurt like you? <laughs> <laughs> and he told me like his previous, like he had a girl in college that broke his heart. Right. And she was like this feminist and he doesn't trust feminists now. And so then he's like super Republican now. And he's on this, you know, manly, like Trump supporting the other end of the yeah, pendulum, totally right? it, it feels easy to do that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so then in he's the moving to, to Texas, which makes sense. And, um, <laughs> And he's telling me, I said, well, what is it you want? And he's like, well, mm. I want a part. I want a partner. And he's mm. like, I want, you know, I want us to both be bringing an income. And I, I said his name and I was like, you're not going to get that with what you're saying you want. Like, if you want a partner, like you're not going to, if you want like a docile, like at home, like caretaking wife, like you're not mm. going to have a partner where you're both bringing in income and supporting the relationship. And he goes, he goes, yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. Like I don't, it, there's this thing. I mean, there's many things that seem to kind of, you know, take root and, and feed themselves through worlds like that. One of them is this idea that I see that, um, you know, like it, no, a woman shouldn't challenge you. Right. And, and again, what I think we tend to do is we just, we, we absolutely balls up language. Oh my man, language is so important. And, and so we have these, you know, like ideas of what that means. I mean, there's, there's, there's so much uh, in and around all of that for men and for, you know, all of us. Um, and so it seems like there's this idea that if, if a woman is challenging you, then yeah, it brings all this other stuff. Like it's someone that you want to show up for and that invites you to be your best. That's what challenging you and a partner is. Mm -hmm. But because we have this other idea about, you know, a lot of those guys, we have this other idea about what that is. A partner shouldn't challenge you. She should, you know, basically make life easier for you, not mm -hmm. challenge you. It's like, so then the only option there is to get someone who is basically a maid. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, getting past like household chores and all that kind of stuff, like that's not a partnership. Mm -hmm. That's a, by default, that's a hierarchy. And there are going to be, I would say, like fluctuating versions and levels of and areas of hierarchies all the time in relationships. That's part of navigating two different people coming together. But I mean, it's so, it's so immature is what it is, right? Because it's essentially saying I can't have an adult relationship with another adult. You know, I need yeah. someone to be subservient. It's like, well, how, where the fuck is your backbone, bro? If you can't mm -hmm. actually meet someone. Mm -hmm. But of course, it's easy to, to look past that and go, yeah, it would be easier to have a partner who just does all the things for me and da, da, da. And, you know, like, it, obviously, when you look at humans, the female gives birth. The female by nature is the caregiver and nurturer. That's something that we will never 
have. And I think that's something that is fucking terrible to take away from women. And I think we've done women a massive disservice in saying, you know, you need to also build a career and don't do that. You know, like some women are so proud of and, and really want to be nurturing children that doesn't necessarily have to be their whole life, but we've also created this big cloud of mess in that. But that's the kind of thing that, you know, those kind of guys will run with. And again, we'll just pendulum to the outside of, you know, the, the spectrum on that kind of thing. Um, so, it, yeah, <laughs> man, it's, a, it's a shame. And again, I can, I can have compassion for it. But, you know, if you want to have a partner, then that is a partnership. The simplest word to replace that with, I think, is teammates. And so mm-hmm. how you build your, your, you know, your teammateship um, is up to you guys, right? And that will have lots of nuance and, and stuff in there. But if you want to be met by someone, then there's going to be an element of challenge because that's what, you know, a representation of the healthy feminine will do. It will invite you and test you. Can you be a place of safety for her? And just bringing home the bacon, just providing and then just going about bulldozing your way through life isn't necessarily safety for that person. Because we kind of have this idea that safety just means, you know, I have more status, I have more money, you know, I have more muscles and a bigger dick. Like, uh, can she feel emotionally safe to be all of herself with you? And I would put it to you, we're obviously going to a generalization, but I would put it to you, that kind of dynamic that you're talking about there, that's not it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's totally disempowered. Yeah. So what what is the I guess like kind of pulling these parts together? Rant. What'd you say? There's my rant. <laughs> no, <laughs> I no, it's a great no, rant. Great. I, but like pulling it together though, like so yeah. you got the nice guy on the other spectrum, you've got like the fuck boys, right? And then you've got mm. the just, you know, there's a lot of confusion going on. Mm. And and then there's like still the compassion for it though, because mm. like behind every like fucked up guy is like something that happened to them or what they went through. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. But like, mm. how do you work? Like, how do your clients come to you? How do you work with them? Like, what are the mm. tools to first, like finding the awareness and then two to being mm. able to like rewire. So they're actually behaving differently. Yeah. I mean, you know, how they come to me is, yeah, I suppose very what I tend to talk about, like the guys that work with me, if you imagine a spectrum of personal development and, and maybe at one end, you've got Tony Robbins and, and at the other end, you've got Homer Simpson. Uh, my guys are smack bang in the middle and just either side, you know, so, so maybe they're exploring some stuff. Maybe they've been, you know, to the earlier context of my story, maybe they've been doing some work on themselves physically. It's one area where we, we find it easier to allow ourselves, you know, to, to do some growth. Um, or maybe we're not. We're super new to it. Someone mentioned something to us. Maybe, you know, in our relationship, our partner has said, if you don't do something, something's got to change, you know. So there's a, there's a little bit of a crisis point that gets them into action. But there's often this kind of common feeling of like something isn't working in here. And I know there is more available to me. So I, I just feel stuck and lost in this place. How do I go about getting, you know, what is available? potential, all this kind of thing. So that's kind of a common element of how they come. So by default, it's inviting them to look at themselves by, by and large. And for me, that's really the, the point here. There's, there's a lot you know, of difference in, in what's going on in their lives and what their desires and all that kind of stuff are. Sometimes, yeah, it's around the context of relationships, but it doesn't really matter, even if it's business or work or whatever they're wanting. All of that is a reflection of the relationship that I have with myself. And so fundamentally, 
that's where we're going to start. <laughs> and so here's a really simple thing that we'll start doing, and that is spend some time with yourself. Not by yourself, with yourself, sitting, just be. You know, me and the masculine, we're often so busy going through life, doing, 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 task, 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 next thing, busy, busy, productive, achievement, achievement, achievement. Sit the fuck down for a moment and be with your thoughts and your feelings and get to know yourself. And so that's where awareness really, you know, starts, right? Is actually starting to uncover, who am I? And, and that's a question that's the first, the name of the first module in, in my program. I've asked many men that question before. And, you know, it's wildly challenging and confronting for, for a lot of guys. And, and I think about it, I'm like, okay, so I've just turned 40. So I've been me for 40 years. Eh, there's different iterations and all that kind of stuff. There's growth and evolution. But you'd think, actually, that would probably be one question that I would be able to answer. But we really can't. And so the invitation is to really get to, to know themselves. How have you become this collection of ideas and beliefs and results and behaviors? Where has all of that come from? So we really want to dig in and explore, you know, to, to, the, to the closet. I also use this analogy of a jigsaw puzzle. I, I, I see this kind of playing out for so many guys. It's like our life is this very complex jigsaw puzzle. Let's call it a million pieces. Now, what won't work in trying to do a, quote, successful jigsaw puzzle is not having a clear picture. Maybe we've got a slightly cloudy picture. Maybe I've got the idea of what I'm building that I've learned from my family and my environment. What is a successful you know, picture of a life of a man and so on. And so there's no real connection and ownership to it. And when things are cloudy, it's hard to piece that together. And we are missing so many of the pieces mm. of who you are and how you've come to be this man. And what we learn is ways of looking at, making it look like we're good at putting the jigsaw together you know, being busy, looking successful, all these kind of things. And so in the analogy, that's I've, I've become good at grabbing this from the box and bringing it to the table. But when I don't have clarity on the picture that I'm building, who I am and who I want to be and what I'm building for my life and what I really give a shit about, and I'm missing half the pieces on like how I've become this thing, that's a very, very difficult place to, to quote, you know, build out your, your jigsaw puzzle. So the work is let's get clear on the picture and let's get all the pieces on the table. Then I know what I'm dealing with. Then I can get to work and I can build this thing that is mine. Hmm. I really like that. So like, who am I? And then like, what do I want? Right? Yeah. And, and so, and why do I want it? Like really getting into yeah. you know, motivation in, in a simple sense, right? And, and the thing I we often talk about for guys, you know, because it's very popular these days in, in personal development and business and so on, so, you know, like know your why, what's your why? And I think that's lovely but what is preventing so many of us from connecting to what that really is with accuracy and, and not being driven by our old pain and so on, um, or even enacting on it, you know, like so many guys, I know what I want. I just don't, I don't seem to do it. You know, is the why not? Why do you not do that? Why are you not where you want to be? Why? Right. And so in that why not, I think opens up all of my shit that I've been dragging around in a backpack and all the stuff that I don't deal with. It's just like I put on a backpack mm. and I drag that around and that shit gets heavy. Mm. And this other thing comes from a lot of guys in my experience is that we almost feel like there's a kudos or, or, or something for carting around the most shit. Mm. You know, there's no end of life prize for the guy who 
suffered in silence the most and dragged around the most shit that he didn't need to drag around. Mm -hmm. And it also takes so much of your capability and presence for everything else in life. We've got to be able to like let go of that baggage and then sift through it and deal with it and let go of what we don't need. And then like really take with us what serves us. Absolutely. And so in that, it's like understanding who you are and what you want and why, and how have you got to this place? Like, why are you who you are? There's so much in there that helps us be more powerful in the present and, and in terms of, you know, building a, a future that is meaningful. Yeah, I think that's really powerful. And I think also like, you know, I mean, I'm not a man, but <laughs> I can assume there's a lot of responsibility that you guys put on yourselves just because you're a man that you do have to carry all of that and like keep going and like you can't have feelings and and all mm -hmm. of this and so then that mm -hmm. that backpack gets like heavier and heavier and heavier but you're like i gotta keep going because i'm i gotta carry this backpack you know until it like you know leads you to being an anti-feminist that moves to texas <laughs> yeah and and the other thing that accompanies that is i need to make it look like i'm not yeah but wow. I will passively, and that's where the nice guy will kind of be coming in and, and at different varieties, notice my suffering, you know, give me kudos, appreciate me, you know, all, all that kind of stuff. Um, that, yeah, that, that, that's, again, it's just not a recipe that's going to take you forward yeah. <laughs> anywhere. And, you know, the idea of if I do, what does that mean about me? Does this mean I'm weak? Does this mean I'm less of a man? Does this mean I'm incapable? That's terrifying. That's back to that judgment uh, and all that kind of thing. And so we become very good at pretending that it's not there. And then we see everyone else thinking, well, everyone else has got their shit sorted and together. Mm -hmm. You know, that guy's life is great on the outside. And this is a very common thing that I hear. You know, you could look at my life and think it's great on the outside, but on the inside, it's not. It's like, guess what? It's fucking basically everyone, bro. Mm -hmm. What's that telling you? It's telling you that we're all, a lot of us, uh, living this life of who we think we're supposed to be and we're hiding what we think isn't going to be enough and acceptable and all that kind of stuff. And we forget that everyone else is doing that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so we have people's, you know, masks and shit kind of um, meeting up against each other and it creates a lot of things, lack of genuine, you know, connection and depth um, and it becomes exhausting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know you have something to say. I'm going to say something really quick. Go. If there was, if there was one word that we needed clarified, it was kudos. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I was like, no, no, no. We got it now. After you said it like the second or third time, I was like, oh, kudos. But like at first I was like, what is kudos? Like that, I don't know. <laughs> you see, like it's subtle, right? And do you know what? So in all my years, because, you know, like I've worked, I've been to the, the, the US and Canada a bunch of times and worked with people, blah, 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 blah. So over time, I generally learn like new words that I will say in, in a very lazy New Zealand. We're very lazy often in how we talk and pronounce. Um, I've learned many words over the years that I get bounced back to me. It's like, what did you just say? <laughs> um, and, and that's the first time I've heard that one. So noted. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I mean, it's cute. <laughs> no, well, I'll tell you what one was. I was running a, 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 a retreat in uh, Canada and um, a lot of the work that we're doing, you know, there's this word at the center of it. And Leanna, you said it, it's awareness, right? But how I say that is this, like if I'm speaking certainly in New Zealand with Kiwis, you know, and I'm just rolling, it sounds like this, we've got to build yourself awareness. <laughs> and they were like, awareness? 
awareness what did you say and i was like oh okay awareness like i really need to pronounce well, it like a weenus <laughs> isn't that your elbow a weenus i have no idea i think that's like your elbow or like the i do not know yeah now, a, a now it seems like it is yeah, <laughs> i could sure. be totally wrong okay. with that I've <laughs> never heard that in my life. And so I have no idea. Well, you guys talk, about. I'm going to Google it. Um, <laughs> sorry, but you know what? That, but that, that word, and so a, a word that I could have used, which I think is so central for men and the masculine, is respect. I think mm -hmm. that is driving so much. And, and that is, we're often going out into the world, living and, and, and creating and striving in order to generate the respect of others so I can then respect myself. And, and that's a very flimsy way to go about life because it, it's kind of like I need to take from. And again, it's to that earlier example of like the power from others to, to make up from the lack within. Like we teach people how to treat us. And so respect has to start with myself. Like who am I being and can I respect that dude? And in a very simple sense, when you wake up in the morning and you ask yourself, what can I do that will show, that will enact, that will embody self-respect today? Mm. Mm. Yeah, super interesting. I'm really curious, what is your answer to the question of like, who are you? Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> I'm always throwing myself um, out, out there when I put that, um, put that question <laughs> out there. So look, I think one of the, one of the answers to that, Jared, is it, it does um, vary and depend, which, you know, those words right there are, probably some of the more frustrating words that my my coaching students hear right to, to many questions it depends but it will depend a little bit on like you know the day and all those kind of things but where I tend to go with that first of all is this like when I come in it's very normal to say you know like I'm Mike and I'm 40 and I'm from New Zealand but I live in Australia those things those collections those stats they don't tell us anything about you know who I am as a person and so we tend to go to those identifiers, but they don't actually give us an insight on who you are. So how I then answer that, yeah, that, that, that might differ a little bit on the day. But, you know, how I will tend to, to answer that is I'll connect into like who I am as a person. I'll say like, I'm like, I'm extremely curious, you know, about the world around me and myself. And I, you know, have this lovely um, young daughter. She's 21 months. And so I'm a new father. And this is this this task and this challenge and this invitation that I absolutely love stepping into every day. I get so much joy and reflection back about, you know, who I am and, and how I'm showing up in the world. And, you know, I'm wildly curious about myself and how that is manifested in the world is myself as a man is about men and what's going on for us men. And so I'm very passionate about supporting men and tapping into who, them, who they are and getting the most out of, their lives and really kind of getting past um, their shit. And I love people and connection and exploring the world around me. That's been a little bit limited in the last couple of years, but that doesn't mean I can't do that in different ways. You know, I, I, I've, I have a deep connection to the, the, the experience of awe and how that has played out in my life has, you know, varied from exploring wonderful new places to always having a trivia book close to hand so I can, you know, kind of, tap into that little um element of awe that's that's who i am today that's awesome thank you for sharing that yeah who are you oh man <laughs> no pressure uh, you see once you start it it's there right? i know i know <laughs> well it's, it's interesting i mean yeah i am uh i'm someone who's fascinated by human behavior and uh obsessed with kindness and connection and 
finding meaning and joy in life. Uh, I'm someone who like loves silliness and being childlike whenever I can, which is far too seldom usually. Mm. Uh, and I'm someone who's like at a point in my life of trying to do a lot of self-discovery and actually like feeling more solid than I ever have before. That's how I would answer. I don't know. This is just a men's thing. Uh, no, I was going to say like, uh, this is easily now just like logged back over to your court. I think. <laughs> yeah, no, right? no, it's okay. Um, okay. I am a very strong, passionate person. And I have a lot of, um, I'm very strong willed at getting what I want and what I believe I deserve. Um, and I love having fun. I love laughing. And um, I, uh, I think I'm a bit of a dreamer. I think I've been a mm -hmm. dreamer of um, really believing that the world is a better place with me in it. Mm. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. And now, so don't that, you think, right? Yeah. Like, and we could go in so many directions, mm -hmm. really, don't you think? But at the same time, we start to know a little bit more about the human. And, and yeah. I think that's where that question invites us to go. Yeah. You know, tell me about you, the human. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not, not, the, not the results of where you were born and, and you, you know, the, the city that you live in. And, oh, those things are nice, but they don't necessarily speak to who you are. And, and that's where it, I think that invitation goes. Yeah. And, and most of the time, our first answer to that question is to share like things that are about our status, right? Mm -hmm. Of like, I do this job and mm. or I have this degree from this place or whatever it is, right? Mm. And they are the simple and safe things. And, you know, we're, we're simple creatures, right? Like, that's what we've learned. Yeah. We learn those things, you know, and that, that's how you want this. Oh, Computer, this is how you answer this question, you know, and, and away we go, right? And cool, you know, fill your boots. Mm -hmm. But yeah. I mean, like, let's face it, humans are, are, are we are connection-based creatures. Like, we want to connect with the human. Mm -hmm. And that yeah. doesn't mean you have to, you know, enter into every conversation um, like that. But I would say that perhaps if you are honest with yourself and, you know, what you're wanting in both your intimate, but every relationship, really, there's a there's a level of, safety and connection that comes with like seeing the, the person in front of you. Mm -hmm. So I think Leanna's answer also pivoted us to maybe a nice way to sort of wrap up. Cause I'm, I'm really curious, you know, we've talked about all the ways that men are struggling and it, and you know, I, I mean, me, me included. Right. But it seems like sometimes I get really like worried and alarmed that mm. it's like getting worse. And so I wonder, like, I guess my question for you, Mike, is like, what kind of world do we need to build so that like the next generation of men are not mm. in this sort of like toxic incel culture, you mm. know, and like enacting mm. violence towards women and like these kinds of things? Yeah, I think, you know, there's this, um, I suppose it's a quote of saying, I don't know, a proverb, an idea. And I have zero idea where I got this from, but it seems to be quite present for me at the moment. And it's this idea of being a good ancestor. 
and you know like oh, okay i've got a young daughter now and it's just like just really super present for me but but that's kind of the thing that I, I connect to for myself but also in the work that i'm doing with men you know like i really if i if i look at kind of the, the bigger purpose and the bigger mission of, of the kind of work that i do i think like there's a lot of fucked up things in the world and i think if you look in it there's a lot of like immature and um yeah like adolescent boy men running and generating a lot of that shit so how do we make changes on bigger scales i think starts with the individual and so you know that's not to say there's not shit that women aren't a part of etc but i think fuck let's just focus on one thing you know god i'm one man so where i come down to it is if i can support one man in creating stronger foundations within himself for himself then that impacts how he shows up in his world in his family in his immediate community right and so if i can be a place of welcome for all of me and a place of welcome for others to feel safe to show up knowing that they belong i think that there starts to really influence individuals groups and beyond so i think that's to, to tie together this idea of being a good ancestor it's like well there are people coming after me so how am i living now mm. yeah and and that that's hopefully that answers your question <laughs> that, that, that's kind of where i yeah connect to yeah. on that absolutely yeah yeah well this has been amazing thank you so much for coming on i know it was a bit of a journey getting here but i'm really <laughs> glad we made it happen <laughs> yes yeah i'll take you the have... hit for the first one and then you guys can deal with that edit somewhere in the middle there <laughs> um you have a podcast that i have listened to now that i love um i listened to matt brown's episode oh, um, cool. yeah which was really great and then i've listened to a few others that you've done as well so I recommend people go check out your podcast. Um, and then do you want to share other ways that our listeners can connect with you? Yeah, look, just find me on the internet. You know, social media is a simple one. Reach out. Um, Mike Campbell MC. You can find me on Instagram. If you want to touch base, send me a DM. I love hearing from people and hearing your questions and, you know, how things have impacted you. I mean, look, I'll, I'll say this. One of the things I spoke to before, you know, of men, we're doing, 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 doing. Sometimes we need to be, you know, there's that nuance and that, that counter. Um, but also we do need to do, you know, it's very easy, I think, to listen to podcasts and read books and, you know, double tap on things on social media and then not actually do something with that mm -hmm. information. So, like, come and ask me all the questions in the world, but also tell me what you're doing with the information that mm. you've heard here or, you know, some of my content or elsewhere, whatever it is. How are you putting that into action? So, yeah, kudos, kudos. <laughs> like I have got stuck there. For those guys that, that, that are willing to do that. <laughs> yeah, what a great way to end it. Thank you again, Mike, for coming on. <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. Okay, do your best, do your best New Zealand accent right now. Oh, Lord. <laughs> um, just just kidding. Make sure to go follow us on Instagram. That's pretty good, actually. Holy shit. I can't believe how good that was. I mean, anyone <laughs> like, uh, I'm sure Mike or anyone is going to be angry. He's actually from Australia, New Zealand, but I'm, I'm shocked at how good that was. <laughs> Um, we are at Hello and Goodbye Podcast at underscore Leanna Joan at Thrill Rodriguez. Um, we have a Patreon. We have a YouTube. 
We have merch, all of it on our website, www.helloandgoodbyepodcast.com. And um, share with a friend, rate and review. And we'll thank see you, for you next week. No, nice. that, went, that went English. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> By the way, that, that needs to be the social media clip, is you doing the <laughs> Australian headset. <laughs> all right, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.